1: You're listening to The Go-Birds Pod, a com podcast about your beloved birds. Oh, what's going on, Philadelphia? Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 56 of The Go-Birds Podcast right here at Radio.com. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm John Barchard, Elliott Shore Parks via Skype. How are you, sir? What's going on, man? It's been a long time. Uh, Excited to talk some offseason. Yeah, people say, you know, we keep grinding and we don't take time off, but
0: uh, at least I did. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so crazy how this this offseason versus last season, obvious difference being they won the Super Bowl last year, but it almost felt like last year there was no time off between the end of the season and the Combine and now we've had a bit of time off and it is crazy to think like I'm leaving for the combine next week and it's already going to be draft talk and there'll be lots of rumors coming from there. So pretty excited to get down to, uh, to Indy.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, it's just a week away and we'll certainly have, um, you know, previews, obviously Jack for a test to come back and we got to do another name test for the combine.
0: It's and too busy, too busy recruiting Bryce Harper to know, come do that,
1: which is fine by me. And that's kind of, this is kind of nice. Cause it's a, Taking a break from Bryce Harper
0: around
1: yeah. around the city, and uh, especially if you're, you know, uh, a Phillies fan too, and just keep hearing about it every five seconds. Uh, but we are going to start our, our prospect conversations as well, and we're kind of going to do it a little bit, a little bit in a, in a different way. Uh, we're going to finally have the prospect gauntlet, which I've been trying to do for like two years now, where uh, it's going to be rapid fire you know, life questions with uh, everybody that we bring on. Of course, get into their football acumen and things like that, too. So uh, we will have uh, Fanica, uh, Brandon Fanica from uh, Stanford joining us next week as a lead-up to the Combine. He's an offensive guard who's getting uh, a little bit of buzz as we're uh, trending towards, you know, draft day and things like that. So, And, by the way, if you're an agent or somebody else out there, I don't care if it's a UDFA to a first-rounder. If you want somebody to come on the program, we would like to have – a lot of fun with your clients, so uh, you can hit us up at gobirdspod at uh, gmail.com. And free agency is, uh, you know, is going to hit before uh, any of this stuff happens. Any of the draft re- really gets solidified here, Elliot. And uh, man, did the NFL kind of give us some news in the past couple of weeks? And we'll touch on Antonio mm-hmm. Brown because that's going on, but it's all coming out of the Steelers camp. Uh, yesterday, they say we're not going to tag Levy on Bell. To me, what a waste of time all of this stuff was and why didn't you end up trading him last year? And that's a whole separate topic altogether. But I, I find it odd that that gets announced, right? And then the two things that we hear right after that is, oh, he wants fifty million dollars in guaranteed money in his first two years, and by the way, he's two hundred and sixty pounds. I'm not buying any of that shit. None of it. Like he might be mm-hmm. he might be heavier, fine. Uh, but I think he just wants to get back to playing football after all this, and of course, uh, you know we can debate on on you know, running backs matter and whatever, but it matters for the Eagles. I know you wrote about Le'Veon Bell making a ton of sense uh, being in Philadelphia. I think so too, and I find it very odd that this fan base, Elliot, that wants to run the football so much, that is desperate for it. That wants somebody a bell cow, something, like we are a desperate please run the football town, does not want LeVeon Bell. And that he's he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. That hasn't changed. I don't think it's because of Pittsburgh's offense that he'll suddenly just turn into Mush or he's just a nobody. I'm very surprised by everyone's turn on LeVeon Bell in the past year. Um, why do you think he's such a great fit in Philadelphia?
0: Yeah, I mean to first the two sixty report about the pounds, like Who knows if that's true, number one. But number two, like, I don't really care what he ballooned up to while he wasn't playing. Like, you... You would assume he's going to get in, in, in shape in time for camp, and you assume that with every athlete, so whatever. I mean, if he got out of shape while he wasn't playing, fine. I don't I don't really care. I mean, here's the deal. When Le'Veon Bell last played, he was one of the best players in the NFL, regardless of position, regardless of which side of the football. I mean, he is one of the best players in football. You talk about why it would be a fit. I mean, if you exclude last year when obviously he didn't play, and you just look at 2017 17 and in 2017, only 14 receivers – had more receiving yards than Le'Veon Bell did. So he isn't just a running back. This is a guy that can come in and be a weapon overall all across the field. Out of the backfield, they can split him out wide. They can run. I mean, look, one of Doug's biggest strengths, in my opinion, from watching him coach these last three years, is his ability to perfectly time some type of screen pass or, you know, some variation of that to the running back. And one two, I mean, sorry, two plays that always stick out to me is last year in the playoffs twice he had a perfectly timed one throws it right to Wendell Smallwood and he just runs into his own guy and it just it dies and had you know you had an elite player out there you're probably looking at a 30 40 yard gain so to me the Le'Veon Bell thing it's just an absolute no brainer and the other number that I would just throw away is uh the Jason Lock and four report about he wants 50 million in his first 2 years like <laughs> Fine. Yeah, okay. I mean, like yeah. he's not going to get it. He can want it all he wants. I mean, I think the most guaranteed money in a contract right now to a running back, uh, it's around twenty four million to David Johnson from from the Cardinals. So he's not going to get way more. Than, he's not certainly not going to get twice as much as that. And honestly, I would be surprised if he got that much, considering he did sit the year out. I do think that is going to hurt his value. That being said. If you know you're going to have to give Levy on a 9 million dollar cap hit, which it probably wouldn't be would not be in his first year, but that's the highest cap hit in the NFL for a running back. But if it takes 9 million, if it takes 25 million guaranteed, go do it because this team's biggest need in terms of just next year, not overall rebuild, but their biggest need is running back. And I think, you know, when you talk about how he and his how he values running backs, I think it's changing. And I think this is off season. You will see him commit. And uh, I think Le'Veon's the perfect guy. It's the perfect player at the perfect time uh, to fill the biggest need. And there's, you know, and to me, like I'm
1: always a running backs do matter guy anyway. Um, but I I just feel like when you look at this guy in particular, and this is basically just a reminder of all this stuff. He's an offensive weapon. Like he's not just mm-hmm. a running back. He's you can put him anywhere. You can he can be a bell cow. He can be a wide receiver. He can do all those things that would help out. I don't know, a quarterback who's got uh, a lot of injury problems and they're looking for a solution and for everybody yelling and the biggest misconception about Doug Peterson and this Eagles offense is they don't like to run the ball. Doug hates to run the ball. He can't run the ball he cannot and that's been proven many times over and for all the people that just just scream and look at numbers and look at salaries and all of that it all makes sense in that realm in that world i get it like you wouldn't want to spend a ton of resources because running backs one you can find them everywhere which is again not really true two the eagles certainly haven't been able yes, to they haven't <laughs> struck out you know and for and i think jay Ajayi could have been that guy which is I, I thought it was a great trade but now you're getting into injuries um, if he comes back and gets re-signed, fine, great, you know. And they were looking. They wanted Jay this season to go in and be the guy. They were going to run him to death because that's part of it. I mean, Carson Wentz is coming off of his ACL uh, injury. You need somebody to carry the load. And he breaks his back in Tampa Bay. And you're going, well, shit, you know, what are, what are we left with? And then something mm. w- happened with Corey Clement. And then he obviously got injured after that. And now you're scrambling. i like, I do not – want to get into this season again when we're debating about give Josh Adams the freaking football 20 times like that's not how you solve this issue Le'Veon Bell solves that issue instantly but yeah and perfectly like there is are there risks of course there is with every free agent there's going to be a risk of like man I don't know if he's gonna fit in this scheme in this system and um, shout out to Bo Wolf, by the way, because he had a fantastic uh, long piece on uh, Jason Peters, and that made me want to just hug him uh, even more with all the great stories were in there. But that was one of the things that I took away um, looking at Jason Peters and his situation coming from Buffalo to Philadelphia, where Joe Banner is sitting there and going, like, Hey, I think he's got a lot of raw talent. Howie Roseman, hey, I think he's got a lot of raw Mm -hmm. talent. This guy's going to be great. Can we coach him? I think so. Juan Castillo, can you do this? Yeah, I think so. And they didn't have expectations of Jason Peterson suddenly blowing up and being like a Hall of Fame tackle. But that's what you have to do. You have to go, this guy works. We absolutely need him in here. I'm I'm still banging the table, which is a ridiculous thing to say. How on earth do we get to a point where you have to bang the table for one of the best players in the NFL? just like you well, said Elliot like I'm I'm blown away by all of this everyone's getting into the mud about it the steelers did a great job of, of not only slandering him but also Antonio Brown and I'm not just absolving those two guys either they they probably didn't handle things the right way either but I don't know that's that's where I'm at Elliot I think people are getting uh, caught uh, too much up uh, in the uh, in the mudslinging here
0: Well, so first, let me start by saying nobody loves Eagles Twitter more than me, right? Like I love Eagles (laughs) Twitter. I love debating with them, right? But it's so funny how they always pick and choose certain things to care about at certain times. Like, okay, with Le'Veon Bell, it's, oh, well, they can't afford him. Look at the salary cap. When every other day of the year, it's who cares about the salary cap, how he works it out, right? So you're just like people that are talking themselves out of Le'Veon are just talking themselves out of it for almost no reason. Like it's an easy it's it's an easy answer. The Eagles need a running back. Le'Veon Bell is one of the best in the NFL. You can sign him as a free agent. Like to your thing about running backs and how much they matter. I think we're both in the camp that Saquon was a mistake at number 2 overall. Saquon because might be their the best running back, yes. Right? But there's a difference between spending like all the arguments against Saquon at number 2 don't really re- relate to Le'Veon because the Eagles just have to pay him, right? It's just space. You, you just give him money and he comes here. You don't have to use that asset like a number two overall pick. So, like, so when you just talk about running backs overall, the trend around the league is that running backs matter more, right? Like teams are running through offenses through them more. Uh, you just, you need a player like a Le'Veon Bell in your, in your uh, backfield. Now, maybe the Eagles are confident they can find a running back like that in the draft, and I have to brush up on my draft since next week I'll be at the Combine, but m- maybe there is a player like that, right? Like maybe there's a Dalvin Cook type player out there, but – I haven't really seen him based off like just looking around quickly and just seeing what the draft experts are talking about. So Le'Veon is really one of your only chances to get an instant impact player back there. And the other thing is, to your point, with Doug not really wanting to run the ball, I don't think that's true. I also think Doug wants a number one featured back. Absolutely, like you saw him he try, does. You, yeah. you saw him try to make Josh Adams that player. And you know, when I've talked to people about this, they've said, what about Corey Clement? What about these guys? Well, guess what? It helps them if Le'Veon Bell comes here because Corey Clement's not a number one back. Josh Adams is not a number one back. They're players that will, in a smaller role, really do much better than they were asked to do last year. So, look, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Like like you said, I can't believe we were discussing it. Like If you can sign Le'Veon Bell, you do it. And I think that Howie will have... The reason to do it, he'll have the money to do it, and Le'Veon Bell should want to come to Philly. It's a great fit for him. Now, maybe he, you know wants to go live somewhere else. Who knows? But from a football perspective, he'll come here. He'll put in he'll put up huge numbers. He'll be on a team that, in theory, should compete for the Super Bowl, and he'll get to stick it to the Steelers. So it's a no brainer for him to come here. Uh, and I think it'll. I don't know if it will happen, but it absolutely should.
1: Yeah, and there was um, uh, an article that I had read where uh, the Colts were one of his main. Destinations just based on data and what they run and what they do. And I go, well, if he's good for the Colts, then why wouldn't he be good for the Eagles? I mean, it's the same. Right. And why
0: would you want to go play there over Philly? Yeah. Like- I mean, <laughs> it,
1: well, I don't know. It's, well, yeah, Indianapolis. I mean, right. shout out to yeah. Shake or Steak and Shake. And you're going to be there next week. Where are you staying, by the way? You're going to be at that Holiday Inn Express right next to the stadium? You know Where you got?
0: You know it. Oh, That's good. my spot That's every a good year. Spot. Although, what's funny is it's not, they don't do anything. Like, I guess the workouts are still on the field, obviously, at the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium there, yeah. but the media is not anymore. So I yes. still, have, I now have to walk down to a different place. But yeah, that's my spot. Good. I, I don't, I don't really do it big on the road in terms of hotels. All these other media members like demand to stay in Marriott's, not me, J- I'm the man of the people.
1: Yeah. Everybody stays at the JW and I'm like, what are
0: you? What, what for? Like $400 yeah, a night, like, And I'm not paying, but still. Yeah, like, you can,
1: can spend $300 less down the road and take a 10 minute walk anyway. Yeah. Uh, the point of all that is, um, you know, that it is just, uh, I, I think we have a, a big misunderstanding one about what Doug wants to a uh, Le'Veon Bell and what he actually is and does. Like, I, I don't know. And I know that the James Conner thing like comes out and everyone just points to the next guy. Corey Clement was that guy. There are people that literally say, "Look what Bill Belichick does," and if I hear that one more time, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. Like that is such an outlier on on a lot of this. Like there mm-hmm. are
0: now tr- Dallas has one, you know. I and mean, I mean, the Patriots did take a running back in the first round last year for what yeah, it's worth. Yeah,
1: exactly. And Sony Michelle has <laughs> been phenomenal for them, and that's I and mean, he was supposed to Nick Chubb. All of this stuff. You know, there are people that are, you know, and I, and I get both sides of the issue, personally, I, I can't do the whole domestic violence thing, but people were clamoring for Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt's a, a, like a, you know, say what you will about it, but he is talent on the football field, He's the number one guy. So is Alvin Kamara, so is all of these guys are. You know, and they, they have kind of shined and taken over the league. Why wouldn't you want that here with Carson? If Le'Veon Bell was here with Carson Wentz last year, I think things would have gone very differently. And the no, same, or Nick Foles. Yeah, and the same with Nick Foles being in there too. And and uh, I I don't know, but it's it's crazy to me. I want on here. I know that there were some people that we were having a back and forth on Twitter. Uh this is Elliot for me the third season that I am still going to also pound the table say, "Hey, I you know, I know Levion may or may not work out, but I would like to bring Carlos Hyde in here as it looks like the Jaguars are not going to uh, hold on to him, and you know I know this is going to be his, his third trip, and I understand all the uh, the kind of potholes with, with Carlos here because it's it hasn't been that impressive. Um, he kind of got things going in Cleveland, but his yards per carry were really bad, and then he was even worse in Jacksonville. He was a, a pretty good back in San Francisco. Uh, we all understand why they all kind of let him go, but again. For looking for an option, and that's not a bell cow, that is certainly not a bell cow, but if we're talking about guys like Duke Johnson and things like that too, which I know right. you've brought up, I would like to see that too if there is a trade to be made there. Um, I, I, I'm good with either one, but I really do think Carlos Hyde as a complimentary back here rather than a lead back would be really nice. Uh, I, you know, I think his, his hands are a little underrated. Um, I think Jeff Floyd was describing it to me is just like, he runs like he's still got the e-brake on and I, and I understand that too, but uh, I don't know thoughts on, on Carlos side. Cause it's, it's year three again for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, you kind of mentioned it like, yeah. Okay. If you want to bring in Carlos Hyde, fine, but I'm not going to sit here and say how he addressed the running back position by bringing in Carlos Hyde. like he would be an upgrade, over Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. Although, even, I will say, like, Wendell Smallwood, even though I ripped him a little earlier, like, did play better than expected. But whatever. I mean, Carlos Hyde would be better than those guys. But he's not a guy where I'm going to sit here and say how he addressed the running back position if they bring him in. I think he has a high upside, but I think his floor is very low as well. But let me ask you about this, because I heard you mention him in one of your, in one of your uh, answers. So, Jason Peters, you mentioned the article by Bo Wolf, which yes. was very good. Like... At, even before the article came out i was kind of doing a 180 on what i thought they should do with peters so i just wanted to get your take on what you thought they should do i uh i mean it's
1: so the the, the best thing about that article was it it opened up how great of a person that he is and especially in that mm-hmm. locker room you know like that's the difference when we're talking about a lot of this stuff and I know we I certainly get wrapped up in it. I certainly go and look and see like uh you know this number does it fit here? Does the talent fit there? And and we uh, like every offseason I think we ask why did such and such team decide to re-sign this guy or that guy? And sometimes it's agent grown and sometimes it's not, but like if I after reading that and again I will we'll endorse it for the third time, go read that Bo Wolf article. On, on Jason Peters, the things that he does, the stuff that he did with your boy, Jordan Matthews, who he didn't even really yeah. know. And he pulls up and he's just like, Hey man, what are you doing? Okay, cool. I'll see you in 20 minutes. And is in this big party van and it's just him with uh, having fun and going like, Hey, what's up? Yo, J Matt, what's going on? Let's go. Let's get out of here. Uh, the loyalty aspect of that. And the biggest takeaway for me is if you show loyalty to Jason Peters, he has you for the rest of his life. And for me to go and and say that after they've been together, him and Jeffrey Laurie, who are best friends, have been together forever, and you want me to go tell him, "Hey, man, thanks, but no thanks. It's t- it's time to move on." I I'm that literally swayed me. Like I'm back in the camp of Jason Peters can do whatever he wants. I'm,
0: right, I'm, so, I'm fine. <laughs> so take all right. So my so my biggest takeaway from the article actually. Which he clearly painted him in a good light, and he is a very good guy. Like honestly, he does not interact with the media much, so I'm not going to sit here. Like there's certain guys I I can say from just seeing them around the locker room, I can tell that they're well respected by their teammates. Jason Peters is not that, just because I never see him in the locker room. But obviously, from that article and from talking to guys, you know he's well respected. Um, what I, what really stood out to me about the article was the quote from Howie in there that uh, was emailed to him. Saying we have a Hall of Fame player and a Hall of Fame person. I thought like the use of the word have was kind of interesting. Like he didn't say, like, you know, Jason's been great for us or, you know, Jason's whatever. It was just, it sounded almost like he was still in the plans. And taking all the emotion out of it, I think they have to bring Jason Peters back. And let me explain to you why. First, who are they gonna replace him with? Like I get Jordan Mylotta,
1: baby. Here he comes. Right.
0: Like, but that's not a realistic option. Like Jordan Milata has literally never played in a meaningful football game. And it's not like he's like a guard and you're going to throw him in there or he's like a linebacker. He's going to be on an island at left tackle, which is arguably the most, the, the second most uh, important position in the sport, guarding your franchise quarterback. So, I mean, look, if Jordan Milata goes into camp and is, is light's out and Jason Peters gets hurt and he goes in and does better, then look, fine, Jason's out, right? But you have to go into camp needing a better option than Jordan Milata And the thing about left tackles is – there just are not a lot of good ones out there, let alone ones that that come available. I mean, can you think of the last really good left tackle to switch teams?
1: Uh, Jason Peters.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. Right. And so, to me, you look at his salary, his hit, his like is like ten and a half million. Um, that's not that bad for starting left tackle in the NFL. And it Jason Peters is no longer one of the top three tackles in the league, but I think that that cap hit is somewhere between like fifteen and ten. And I think you can make the argument when on the field, Jason Peters is somewhere between the 10th and 15th best left tackle in the NFL. So I don't think he's being overpaid. And then, you know, when he's on the field, right? Everyone's going to say, well, he's hurt all the time. Not really true. He was hurt all the time at the end of the year. But if you look at his last seven or eight games, he was on the field for something like 93% of the snaps. Now, he was hurt against the Saints, and he did come off. But before that, he was on the field quite a bit. So... Look, a year older, all that stuff, I get it. I'm not saying that he's the answer a left tackle. I'm saying I don't think they have another choice but to bring him back. And if I'm Jason Peters, I'm not taking a pay cut because I know they need me. And so I think the Eagles are kind of stuck with him, honestly, for another year. And they could do worse than J- Jason Peters. They do need the cap space, but I think they could do worse than bringing back Jason Peters uh, another year.
1: Oh Certainly. And, and to your point, I mean, there isn't like – there isn't a ton of – free agency that if you're a left tackle and you hit the free agent market you're not that good. You can right, probably exactly. you can yep. probably make an argument for every position in that but you're really not good if you're a free agent left tackle. Um or you're, you know, or you're Nate Solder and and you're desperate <laughs> and or the yeah, Giants are desperate and they need to pay year. you. Yeah, and he wasn't <laughs> that good. I mean, you're just like I um I can't even think of, of who might uh, even be out there, honestly, in in 2019, uh, 18 I mean, check. Is there some for tackle from
0: the Patriots again that might come loose? Which again is <laughs> another just red flag.
1: Move on and uh, and end up ditching him. I mean, just just even last year was he the only? Um, I mean, Cameron Fleming, the signed with Dallas. Uh, <laughs> Jermont Bushrod, who's terrible, uh, signed right. with uh, the New Orleans. Like everybody that that was signed last year is is not good. Uh, Sam Young, Chris Clark, Greg Robinson. I guess if you wanted to make the case again for the fiftieth time to maybe you know he can finally turn it around or whatever. But yeah, I and and if listen, if Jordan Mailata gets gets a hit here, if he is a hit, like a bigger hit. That's going to be one of the most incredible football stories we've ever heard in our life. But to bank on it happening in year two of his career, which is something I know me and James discussed into last offseason when he was kind of drafted, I'm really excited to see where he's at. And I know the injury might kind of delay some of that progress, but... Just, I wouldn't get
0: too worked up over that injury. So yeah, something. Yeah. No, I'm I, yeah.
1: not the injury part. Just like I don't know if it, you know, slowed down the technique or whatever. Right. But but the thing that I have heard about Jordan Mailata, just as a sidebar, is like they love him a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like to a point where they were considering drafting him a lot higher than the seventh round. Like mm-hmm. they 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 wanted to pull that trigger a lot earlier and. Uh, just just from talking to a few other people, they they he is incredibly smart, incredibly yeah. smart, and and it doesn't for some reason because he's so cool and just personable and just puts himself out there and you know he's he's a singer he does all these other different things and. I think that kind of gets lost sometimes on how much he actually is picking up. And I remember during the the Baldy breakdowns during the preseason, being like, "How the fuck did this guy do that so quickly? He's never played football before." And the only things that I could really put together last offseason and now going into this is that's kind of the benefit, right? Like, so the 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 obvious thing about Jordan is he doesn't know a damn thing about football. He's never played it before. Doesn't know the rules but it's also a big silver lining in he can be molded into whatever you want him to be, and he is open mm. to it because he doesn't have any bad habits coming in here. I honestly – and it won't happen this year, but I honestly believe next year he'll, he, he will be starting. Like, I think he'll be the guy, and I think when we see him in preseason a lot of that, that'll happen. I think that's their replacement. And until then, Jason Peters and, you know, whatever they – they if they want to throw Big V out there again for another year as a swing tackle – I think that's what they do. I'm curious, though, do you think that they they go into the draft or free agency just for depth at, at left tackle this year? So
0: I think that my strategy right now, if I was Howie, would be I would use my salary cap space on skill position players and I would use my draft picks on linemen. Because I think that at offensive line, you need to draft a tackle. I mean, again, Jordan Milata, who knows? but you need to draft some some tackle you just have to do it so use one of your first three picks like to me the biggest part of that draft obviously this is not like a crazy statement is going to be the first round pick into two seconds like those are that's the meat there right they have to really nail those picks out of the park so i would use those picks on linemen and i would concentrate on the offensive and defensive side of the ball the defensive line seems like it's going to be really deep there um howie's mentioned it's a, it's historic uh they need help at the defensive line especially if brandon Graham doesn't come back, but I would use my draft picks on that and then I would use my my money on, on skill position players. Now the skill position player though it, that really I think is going to kind of decide how much they have and what they do and what they go after is Nelson Aguilar. They can either trade him, they're not going to release him they can trade him and open up $9 million of cap yeah.
1: space. So can, can I just say they're going to trade him? Yeah, go ahead. They're going to trade him. That's okay. that's that's my that is my guttest of gut feeling ever since, you know this uh, honestly since the Carson story came out and I just go Nelson's gonna get traded uh, and not because of that but I just think th- it it makes a lot of sense I also think that's why that that tweet from uh, Golden Tate you know said oh you can extend people in, you know before March interesting. Uh, I believe that there's a plan to keep Golden Tate here in the trade Nelson Aguilar.
0: So I would not bring Golden Tate back. I mean, I don't know the money. Like, who? Like, yeah. I, you know, if they get him at a cheap deal, obviously, then it is what it is. But Golden Tate, man, to me, like, I get that he got traded midseason and I get all that. And I think with a full offseason and a full training camp, he'll be better. But he just really didn't impress me. Like on the field, right? Like he never stood out to me. He had that that one really nice catch against the Saints. Game winning touchdown against the Bears was a good catch, but let's be real. Like that was a very easy catch. Like everyone on the roster could have made that catch. So I mean, I know he got open at the line or whatever, but <laughs> I, I I would I would not bring I would not bring Golden Tate back unless he's going to be pretty cheap. Um, I would use that money that nine million dollars that you would get from trading Aguilar and target somebody else, like a deep threat, like something like that. Honestly, and I know this is on brand for me, but whatever. I think Jordan Matthews can give you uh, what Golden Tate will give you next year.
1: You get so pigeonholed into what did he do lately? What did he do in an Eagles uniform? And like completely yeah, well, that's what matters. I don't care. No, what he did completely the the, the, ignore the rest of the season, on top of which there's already a guy that had his spot in there in Nelson Aguilar. So, like, there wouldn't be any confusion about who – can and can't be in certain personnel packages you know that golden tate is going to be your slot guy from now on uh, with with nelson going on i honestly don't think that i mean maybe they probably do resign jordan matthews i don't know uh but like they're uh, they're they're clearly different
0: players clearly they are different players and it it doesn't mean yeah i mean jordan matthews had a lot of deep catches last year golden tate was much more like you know, short yardage stuff. Well, I would say that. Yeah, because be one they, they,
1: they, you had your own offensive coordinator saying, "Yeah, it's hard, it's tough to get him into the offense."
0: You know, it's right. just like, so right. what do you? Well, then what are you doing? uh And like they so st- now they're going to commit big money to the guy. I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to be anti Golden Tate here. To me, he just did not stand out. He
1: just didn't. No, like, I think you can say that, but also just saying like you know there were uh, some, some obvious things going on with this team and to come in when he did and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's just, it's not like um, uh, he doesn't forget how to play football, too. I mean, I'm I'm not saying, I'm not trying to make He's it sound old, like. He's also old, though. I mean, I think it's worth
0: pointing that out. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. How many years has he been in the league now? Nine, eight, something like that? Um, Yeah, but, but people are, I and that. I know they're different players, but people are clamoring for a soon-to-be 31-year-old, you know, Antonio Brown as well, and. You know, you were, you'd be well, willing he's, to trade. Tra- of, of course, he is. But I'm just saying, like, there's, uh, you know, if we're gonna play the age, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> next year, next year will be Golden
0: Tate's tenth year in the NFL. Yeah, and it, it'll be about the same for for Antonio Brown, right? Uh, yes, but Antonio Brown is way better. So. Of course, he is. That's
1: not the argument. I'm just saying, like, you can. I, I don't know. I, I think if you're going to commit the same kind of money and take the same kind of risk on whatever you know, I, all, well, all okay. Would you rather cool. pay
0: Antonio Brown twelve million next year and give up an asset for him, or pay Golden Tate eight? I'd pay Golden Tate eight. Honestly, wow. yeah. See, yeah. Would, Just because, and it's not
1: because that I I obviously know Antonio Brown's. The better buy for the season, but I can, it would be
0: going into his tenth year as well. He barely played his rookie year, but tenth year into for Brown, yeah.
1: I uh, I just you know I'm more I'm way more worried about the drop off of Antonio Brown, which is weird, uh, than I would be with with Golden Tate because I think they can play two different uh, positions. I don't think uh, AB's like speed or anything is going to go away. It's just that again the asset. If I'm just paying Antonio Brown, of course, but uh, obviously that's not going to going to kind of happen here, and that's kind of. Where we can we we can start to wrap things up with with this wide receiver crew is I I, I guess I just I, I don't know how good or bad it is you know and we kind of go through that every year we certainly did that the inside the birds guys were doing that with the secondary and the corners I'm sure we'll have our opinions on it too once the draft is over but you know if it's if it is that scenario where it's Alshon Jeffrey and it's Golden Tate and uh, a draft piece or whatever. I, I, the question to me is: Is it a, is it still in need? Because I think wide receivers still kind of I'm putting into the sneaky need category, and there are a lot of oh, excuse me, awesome slot guys and the outside guys with speed in this draft. I don't know if there's necessarily like wow, except for you know uh, DK, who's you know pr- pretty much everyone's number wide receiver on the on their board there. But there's just a lot of different interesting <laughs> players, and I think that's kind of why I I wouldn't want to give up. Uh, a second round pick, like I would, ob- I'd be okay double dipping wide receivers in this draft because I think there's a lot of interesting ones in it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's a sneaky need. I think it's it's a clear need. I mean, especially if you're talking about trading Nelson. Now you could say, okay, well you bring back Golden Tate, whatever. But like, regardless if you bring Nelson or Golden Tate back, you have to go get a deep threat. You have to like this team needs speed in the worst way possible. Like just watching them all last year, watching them play against better offenses. They do not have the speed that these other offenses have. So you have, even if you do bring back golden Tate, you do bring back Nelson, you obviously going to bring back Alshon. Like you have to get a deep threat here. You have to get someone to stretch the field. Um, the guy I really like, uh, Hollywood Brown, you know, out of, out of Oklahoma. But, uh, well, I, you know, he had that injury. Surgery. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, which is not ideal. Bad news for you. But, yeah. So I mean, look, I mean, you're gonna have to find a deep threat. So I don't think it's a sneaky need. I think it's a major need. Like, all right, so real quickly, if you had to rank their needs, um, how would you start? I mean, I guess I would guess I'd put running back first. Maybe now this is not how I think Howie will rank them. This is how I would do it. Yeah. But I would say running back, defensive end. Offensive tackle, wide receiver, defensive tackle.
1: I'd move wide receiver above offensive tackle, and I'd flip uh, running back in DN because I, I I'm okay. i I'm, uh, I'm a little worried about Brandon Graham, which we'll probably get to on uh, on our Saturday show on WIP from uh, this uh, actually this upcoming Saturday is going to be three thirty to six because the Phillies, thank God, are finally playing again uh, in the other <laughs> spring training game, on so we'll be a little later on. Um, yeah, I think defensive end is going to be a little more of a priority uh, on that, and then certainly running back. I would put wide receiver at three for me, um, just yeah. because I, I think they they kind of need like this is a good stopgap ish year with Golden Tate if they go that route or with Nelson or whatever <laughs> whatever ends up happening. But uh, yeah, they they need him. And uh, do you do you mind if I just pr- pronounce my lo- or profess my love? I guess for one guy in particular. Uh, go for it uh, Anthony Ratliff Williams from North Carolina tell me about him good fucking lord why are we hearing more about this guy I think this is an immediate riser at least for me and uh, trust me there are many other people say his name again
0: I'm gonna look him up
1: Anthony Ratliff Williams first of all he's got the hyphenated name so I knew you would like him I'm already in Uh, he is a phenomenal returner already which is exactly what they need he can do everything Inside, outside, all of it, plenty of speed, great body size. Uh, I think he's somewhere around one ish
0: um, and just is I, – I, Good, good I, collection of pictures on Google Pitcher. The guy oh, looks like good. he can play yeah. just based off the pictures.
1: Yeah, and just – I, I believe at one point he was a dreads guy. You know how we feel about dreads in Philadelphia. Um, Big fan. I, I just he, – he looks like just such a, a crisp route runner to me. He's exactly what the uh, the Eagles need in terms uh, in terms of a of a burner. Um, way more impressed with 2017 uh, 2018 tape. Or, or look to me as, as the same. That's always a great thing to see. Don't think he's had any major injuries. Anthony Ratliff Williams. It went from like wow, that's a really interesting project to like I absolutely need him in an Eagles uniform. I think he's one how, of my uh, favorite guys. I think how, he's highly do you think underrated. he'll go? I I don't know where people have him. I, I would say he's an easy day two guy for me. Like maybe third round, second round, third round, somewhere around there. Uh, I, but I think he rises. Like I I look at him and I go, I, I I think he looks like a number one wide receiver that might be available later to you. You know, um, honestly, like he's the right attitude. He seems like a really sharp kid. Anthony Ratliff Williams is is my guy. I'm I'm officially saying that. Now, even though there's like a million draft guys that are saying, I'm a first, I had first, but you know, I'm always late to the process. So,
0: well, guess what? Blind cosign, I'm now an Anthony Ratliff <laughs> Williams guy as well. That is now my new favorite receiver in the draft, other than Hollywood Brown. I'm um, in, let's do you it. Know what the funny thing about Hollywood Brown, too, is just
1: like, and not that he wasn't a great player, but you know, everybody kind of looks that way, and he got the, 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 uh, what was it, the Tyreek? Hill kind of comp from everybody yeah. like every national pundit and suddenly like oh i need that i need to go you know and they don't realize that like tyreek hill is a very unique athlete in his own right uh and you know there's there's not a lot of him out there um and uh yeah i never i never understood the first round hype but he's a good good quality wide receiver i hope he's he's okay and and uh makes it uh makes goes makes a, a ton of money and you know is the next Tyreek Kill or whatever? But I just didn't really see it, and I, I think that's a bigger need right now than than anything. Not your your Debo Samuel, who's again really really good. Like I think Hakeem Butler, all those guys that are have fantastic like catch point, um, you know, hands and all that fun stuff. I I think that this guy. Is uh, is the speed that you need, much like the beat poor Porter mm. uh, that we need in uh, LA Shore exactly Park? Right. So, exactly right. Exactly uh, right. Obviously, there's going to be a lot to get into next week. We are Elliot. We are planning to do basically day by day updates of what's going on at the combine, uh, sure. what you hear at all the restaurants in, in Indianapolis. Is there anything you're looking forward to the most heading down
0: there? Well, uh, I mean, obviously the big question is trying to figure out what's going to happen with Foles, just talking to people, seeing how people value Foles. I mean, the Eagles are, you know, this is where they're going to get their answer about Foles. They're going to talk to teams, they're going to see if they think they'll be able to trade them. So it wouldn't surprise me if like shortly after the combine, we hear either they're going to tag him or they're not. And they are either we'll hear about a reported trade, maybe wouldn't surprise me. Um, so that is really what I'm looking forward to the most, I would say.
1: Yeah. Uh, me too. And the, kind of the, the chaos of it, uh, as it goes yeah. along and just, you know, again, like we were talking about the, the Le'Veon hype, the potential, uh, trades, it's all where it happens. It's finally, that's kind of clicks. The, the off season is here for me. So we're excited for it.
0: Well, and the funny thing about the combine for those that don't know is like the media doesn't actually get to watch the workouts. So no. I just sit in a room and watch them on TV like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I just – the first I went down there, I was like, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> like I flew all the way to Indy. And I get that – another funny thing is too like there's this like Big J journalism club that like oh, hates when, when you when you ask prospects if they've met with the Eagles. It's like, oh, They like, hate it. We should be asking about his high school career and switching from DN to D tackle. Yeah. Like no, like all anybody fucking cares about is if it, if they met with the team. Yeah. So I always go around to different prospects and like, is this is my my go-to? I'm like, so man, like how have your meetings been going? Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> have you met with the Eagles? Yeah. And then and then from there, everyone that didn't have the balls to do it before is like, what about the Bengals? What yeah, about yeah. the Bucks? And it's like, let's <laughs> just like get this out the way. Like so, I'm excited to do that. So
1: yeah, that's always that's uh, always a fun process as well. And I remember that because I was. Uh, I was down there with you last year, and that was the first time yep. I went, and I had the same experience. I was just like, oh, well, what the fuck are we doing here? And then you realize, right. like, oh, it's, you know, to the, the see all the drunk scouts and GMs uh, afterwards and get the information there, or kind of, you know, whispers along the way, and that was so funny. I remember everybody had to stick up their butt, because, like, the, L- the Lamar stuff uh, last year was, was rampant, and that was at the height of... You know, would you play a different position because Mel Kiper's dumbass? Yeah. I can't understand how could he be a quarterback or whatever. And everybody was clamoring when Josh Rosen's time the next day was or Maybe it was the same. It was the same day, a couple hours later, when he comes down and goes, "Oh man, uh, I bet nobody will ask him if if he would ever, you know, switch positions." And and so I was just like, "I'll fucking do it." Like, who cares? I'll do it. Just yeah. ask him. And of course, I did. And then the you know Albert Breer. And his water carrying ass just you know i don't know side and di- all the big j journals just sa- same same thing just kind of
0: right that's why big i liked J's. being down
1: there so uh yeah
0: it's always th- a good time disrupt I mean it's it. indie which sucks but yeah. it'll be a good time
1: uh that is not disrespectful to my aunt and uncles that live there at all uh it's yeah, just no, no disrespect
0: to, to uncle yeah <laughs>
1: But uh, we uh, hopefully you come back in one piece. Hopefully we'll have some good information. And again, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we really appreciate it. got a lot of great stuff, uh, not only for the offseason, but ramping up to the regular season as well. And uh, you can always tweet us at GoBirdsPod, uh, gobirdspod at gmail.com. If you're not on the Twitter.com, uh, Facebook, uh, and pretty much everywhere else. Just sneeze, and we'll be there. All right. For LH Shore Parks, I'm John Barge, and this has been Go Birds, number 56, right here radio.com and Sports Radio 94WIP.